What is up, CSP fam? This video podcast is dedicated to talking about principles and ideas that help you brand your business using story-based marketing. Remember, your brand isn't what you say about your organization. It's what other people tell other people about your organization. So with some time left already, let's dive right in. So how does culture within your own organization help you in story-based marketing and branding? That is the question we're going to ask today's guest. I have again with me Super Bowl champion, chief culture officer of Conquer Ninja Gym franchise, and entrepreneur in business and cultural leadership, Ben Utech. Thanks again, Ben, for being here and joining us on this podcast today. No problem, John. Thanks for having me. So let's dive right into this, Ben. Culture really is kind of an elusive term. Can you define for us what is meant by the culture of an organization? Great question. And I think culture has really become one of the most subjective um, things discussed within the corporate Mm. culture uh, and community because um, it means something different to each individual, right? So part of the goal as a culture officer is to take what is typically subjective and make it objective, make Mm. it material, make it an actual product that you can define and then begin to actually grow and distribute across an organization. And so uh, what that takes is um, drawing a line in the sand as leaders within an organization, Mm -hmm. right? Because everybody's going to come into that organization with their own foundational belief system, right? Mm -hmm. So what that means is you're going to have a culture by design, or default, mm. okay? So why not design it? Sure. And so how do you take the subjective and make it objective? Well, you have to, you have to define culture objectively and collectively. And so that's what I set out to do. And because I believe that what you believe equals how you behave, mm. um, I, I really focused on Having culture be directly connected to the intrinsic beliefs of every human being. Mm. Okay, so I define culture as the foundation of intrinsic beliefs that bind Mm. and inspire people and communities uh, to work together in unity and purpose. Right. That kind of goes back to our uh, last year's podcast when we talked a lot about like the story-based pyramid and kind of how do we establish a culture we have to first start with some sort of foundational feeling, a feeling that points to a belief. That belief points to us being able to set expectations, and then those expectations then kind of allow us to set a culture or do an action step. So if you missed last year's podcast, go back and, and rewatch that. But what's interesting to me, Ben, is how do you get people from, like you said, they're going to have different backgrounds, different beliefs, all different lifestyles, walks of life coming together to really truly unify under one organization. Sure. I mean, you have to have some sort of established beliefs that everybody can kind of come to the table and agree upon. Yeah, that's the tough part. And that that's, I think, why a lot of, a lot of organizations fail in culture is because uh, they sit back as executive leaders and, and, they, and they look out in, into their employee base and they say, gosh, we have to please 
everybody. Mm. And so how do we have a, a, a culture that can touch everyone in the way that they really need it? Right. Um, when I come from a perspective that's challenging, which is culture is the leader's choice. Mm-hmm. And as, as leaders... Uh, who have defined the mission and vision of the organization. It's your job to um, consider, to strategize, and to decide what that belief system mm. is. And then you moving forward, you hire or onboard into that belief system. Mm, yeah. And it becomes um, it becomes a, a process by which now the people that you are interviewing and that you are, bringing into the organization are already in alignment with the belief system you have. Now, that's the tough part because when you draw a line in the sand, you will lose a certain amount of talent because they, they, um, their own intrinsic beliefs are going to be different, different from that. Right. So that's one way that you can actually over time bring people together. The other way is that a part of, a part of the leader's role in understanding their current organization is to include all of the employees in that decision making. Right. Right. So leadership can say, okay, we know here are four pillars that we, man, these are foundational to leadership. Right. But you know what? We want to add four more that are foundational to our employees. So employees tell us what 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 are the uh, what are the belief pillars that are most dear to you that you most connect with. And most of the time, John, in the, in the experience that I've had consulting is no matter what people's political views, religious views, financial views, uh, familial views, most of the time, um, because we're all humans, mm-hmm. we tend to agree on Beliefs like integrity, which we talked about Mm -hmm. recently, or courage, Mm. or commitment, Mm -hmm. or wisdom, or empathy, or grace, or all of these things that we practice every day. Right. Genuinely, people are unified on. Sure. And that, you know, that to me is, I think, a positive in the creation of culture. Now, you won a Super Bowl championship, and you had a team that all believed in the same thing the same cultures in fact i know in in the past you've talked about your super bowl ring and has the word faith on it and kind of talked about what that meant but how did that help you guys achieve establishing that culture um how did that help you achieve a super bowl win sure well uh from the very first team meeting i ever had with hall of fame coach tony dungy uh his um his motivation, his passion behind coaching was to build a family. Mm. And the acronym for family in football is forget about me, I love you. Mm. And so how do you take 53 guys from 53 different parts of the country, sometimes the world, that have 53 different um, backgrounds and beliefs and views, and how do you get all of them to come together uh, right. in, in one locker room? And and that that really starts with with the leader, right? So... So, you know, from, from Dungy's perspective, um, he wanted to use that culture in order to bring these men together. And he could mm. never do that unless he himself was actually practicing consistently what he was preaching. Right. right? So the goal and why we have the only Super Bowl ring 
in the history of football to have a belief system engraved in the ring. Wow. Like you said, the word yeah. faith, nothing to do with religion. It was about it was about creating the family environment. Right. right? So the acronym for faith um, that I experienced was freedom for all individuals to trust and hope in each other. Mm. Yeah. I don't know too many humans that would say that trust and hope are a bad thing. Right. <laughs> and that if practiced, they can actually be two of the most impactful things uh, that any organization would, would experience, right. right? So those are the kind of qualities that um, when practiced and when uh, collectively um, chosen by all team members, you know, to believe in, ha have a, uh, right. a significant impact on the, on the performance of a team. Yeah. And I think one thing that sometimes is overlooked is where does culture have to start? Does it start with the employees? Is that where it needs to start? And, you know, do they all have it, you know, uh, all the culture? Or is it just the leadership that has the culture? Because I've been part of organizations um, in the past where, you know, we've we got a mission statement, we got values, we got all those things, and that's all good. That, that's really good to have. Um, I'm not knocking that. But maybe, you know, there's a couple people who don't follow that, and maybe they're in leadership, or maybe they're you know, an employee, but they're not following the same cultural rules. So where, where does kind of, yes, establishing that culture, but making sure that culture is being lived out start? Well, I, I have to say, you know, what I, what I foundationally believe in, which is culture is the leader's choice. Right. Um, and do you want to have one by design or default, like we talked about? Usually default cultures um, are cultures that um, allow the base of an organization um, to, I, I, I see a lot of times, bring uh, more confusion mm -hmm. and, and uh, more division than they actually do uh, together. Because mm -hmm. when you try to please uh, every single culture need that a, that a person has, mm -hmm. um, you actually tend to separate people instead of bring people right. together. Now, when leadership goes out into the organization and discovers what, what those foundational beliefs are and brings it back to the boardroom and sits down and works together with their leadership to capture the essence of that and define it. This is, these are the seven right. pillars we're going to choose. Right. Okay. Um, and, and, and here's a development program that we're going to create around each of those pillars to actually practice these things. Um, and when we put our foot down and say, this is who we are as a company, this is mm -hmm. what we believe in, we might lose some people. Right. Um, but right. we will gain new people that we can hire into that. And but won't people, I mean, to play the devil's advocate please, just yeah. a little bit here, but like, won't people be like, well, you guys are just being, you know, you know, you're only hiring people that are act like you, that look like you kind of, you know, once you, well, you get some of that criticism, I'm absolutely not like, you'll not, get that criticism. Not like that matters, but it does matter. I, I actually do think that it matters. Um, um, but what is the goal of business? What would you say the goal of any business is? Uh, it, to be profitable. Okay. Right. So um, we're not talking about organizations where what we're trying to do is build 
tolerant relationships. Right. We're talking about organizations that have very specific strategic goals right. that they have to meet. We're, we're, we're talking about uh, an industry where everything really revolves around profitability. It's the only sure. way companies stay alive and can continue to hire and, and provide jobs to individuals. Right. So... I would think any individual would rather be in a company that they fit into the culture with. That's where they're going to thrive the right. most. So you can kind of see it from both perspectives. Um, and again, uh, that is where that line yeah, in the, the sand. Yep. That line in the sand is. You know. So when you get into those big organizations, sometimes you can begin to create those those subcultures mm -hmm. based upon. Those different beliefs, and then how do you manage those subcultures? You know, I, I know that you talked about uh, the hiring process mm -hmm. and drafting process when in the NFL, and you could have this very, very talented player. They could be the best player, but if they don't play on the team, then it's not worth bringing into your culture. Yeah. So, case in point, the two teams that I played for: Indianapolis Colts, World Championship. The Cincinnati Bengals, who when I joined the team, hadn't won a playoff game in 20 years. Mm. Was it an issue of talent? No. I went from Peyton Manning to uh, to Carson Palmer, uh, who was an incredible quarterback and you know perennial Pro Bowler, um, Heisman Trophy winner. So, is it a, is it was it an issue of talent between a World Championship organization and an organization that struggled to win? No, it was a culture issue, and it was a practicing of specific beliefs. In Indianapolis, our Hall of Fame general manager um, drafted based upon a player's integrity. That was mm -hmm. a priority in the draft process. They would rather draft a third round, a lower round draft pick, a lower round talent who had their college degree, who was the captain of the team who was involved in the community because that's a dependable and trustworthy person. Right. Versus other teams who might believe, look, we just want to give, we want to give great talent a chance. It doesn't matter what they have done on or off the field. Right. And so you draft a, you draft a, a, a young talent in who has a lot of off the field problems, uh, didn't really work hard in school, didn't, didn't get, uh, his degree, the chances of having more issues with that hmm. personality yeah. and, 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 and having more behavioral problems with that individual are greater. It doesn't hmm. mean that it will happen, right. but it is probably greater. Right. And that's why you know, choosing a very specific culture and drafting into that culture uh, was such a benefit to our team and uh, right. really helped. I, I really believe, you know, put the right 53 guys on a team to go win a world right. championship. Right. And kind of on that note, so how does caring about culture from a leader's perspective affect what people say about your organization? Yeah. I mean, again, it goes circles back to, to some great points that you made. Um, it, it really is what people say about your organization. Mm -hmm. Right. And and we have to deal with perception and reality all the time. So if you have the opportunity um, and the determination to choose culture, okay, you have more control over the outcomes of behavior. Mm. And you're as you as leaders then 
know what kind of behavior is going to have the greatest impact on the people that experience your business. Mm. So choose it. Right. And then build development around it so that more consistently people that experience your business will walk away pleased mm. and positively impacted. Right. And guess what? They will drive more business to you. Right. And that, my friends, is story branding. It's what other people say about your organization, not what you say it is. So if you ever want to change the way people talk about your brand, start by asking yourself, how does the culture of my organization play into what people say about my organization? And that's all the time we have for today. Thanks, Ben, so much for being here and joining us again on this podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our channel and like us on social media. I'm John Oney, and we'll see you next time.